Hi, I'm Angela Lee and welcome to the Will to Live podcast where we share with you the gifts of living. I speak to inspiring wellness leaders, mums, celebrities, business people, super grannies and more to help you live your potential, connect to your purpose and bring joy to your life. Discovering your will to live a fulfilling life starts now. Welcome everyone to the next episode of the Will to Live podcast and I am super excited to have an absolutely amazing woman join us all the way from Bangkok in Thailand and that's Suzanne Hosley. So thank you so much for joining us. Suzanne is actually the founder of the Asia Fitness Conference, one of the biggest conferences in the whole world and it's just an awesome event and I'm really excited to to have her on today and, and chat about it. Thank you. I'm pleased to be here. Yeah, thank you so much, Suzanne. Suzanne's got like a one of the most amazing resumes I've ever seen. So I won't go into all of those today, but she's actually, you know, got over 30 years experience. She's got MBA, she set up business schools, she's just done everything. And I guess today I wanted to chat about is how a, a woman from Canada um, who worked in business schools ended up founding one of the you know, the warm, warmest, funnest fitness conferences um, in Asia, the Asia Fitness Conference. So, but before we get started, I guess I just want to ask, how are you and how are things at the moment for you guys in, in Bangkok with with COVID and, and everything at the moment? I'm fine. We're doing, we're doing well. Um, Thailand is, has done really well up until recently. So we were closed for three months last year uh, and then reopened. Um, mm-hmm. We got your masks. We have our handy dandy masks, um, and we were shut for another month in January because there was a we had a second wave, not a third wave. We had a second one, um, but it seems to be under control now as well. And last night, the government announced that everything would be going back to normal, so everything will be open as usual. Fantastic. And how is the status of the fitness industry over there at the moment with with everything that happened? Has it bounced back? Okay, are there still it's bouncing back let's just put it this way it's bouncing back group exercise was banned until uh just this most recent announcement so um it it makes it a little bit difficult for clubs and there's an awful lot of online stuff i think clubs have moved into doing online as well as live like everyone (laughs) yeah yeah and that's you've made that shift as well with the age of fitness conference this year Yes, we have. <laughs> we finally gave up. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, it's not happening. So let's have it happen a different way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just know, like, the energy that everyone has behind us, even though it's not in no. person, I, you know, like, it will be, I'm really excited about it. It will be awesome. But I guess what I want to talk about today is, like, you know, you were born in Canada. So mm-hmm. what led you to moving to Asia in the first place? So what led you to sort of, one minute you're in Canada, the next minute you're over in Asia. So what led you over there? I think everything in life is happenstance. Nothing in my life has been planned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I um, was sick to death of doing what I was doing in Canada. I was working for a phone company in accounting. That was fun. Yeah, yeah wow. <laughs> and so I applied to do my MBA in Paris, and my then-husband applied for a job in IT in Singapore, and we said, whoever wins, that's where we're going. And he won. <laughs> so we went to Singapore. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's a that's kind of a good um, a good loss in a way that led you to Asia. It, it was an excellent loss. I didn't know it at the time, but uh, we actually had to look Singapore up on the map to find it. <laughs> oh wow! 
And how did you find like sort of the initial change coming from, you know, warm? Difficult, a bit warm, yes. I will never forget walking out the door of the airport in Singapore. It was in October, so it was cool in Canada. I remember walking out that door and just the air hitting me. And I went, this is a joke. Nobody lives in this, right? This is not possible. (laughs) And now I love it. I can't stand cold anymore. Isn't that interesting how the how the body adapts to, to yes. certain environments? Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. And so when you got there, you started sort of working in business schools. That's where you started out. So I'd love to sort of just share like what you started doing and, you know, the journey of how it evolved. Oh, wow. Um, well, actually, I started off, I had a degree in psychology and I applied to do my I was in the first MBA cohort at National University of Singapore, which is now very famous, but at the time it was not. Yeah, wow. (laughs) And uh, one of my professors said, wow, you have a degree in psychology. Can you help? Because NUS had this um, university-wide HR leadership development program. And they, so they were teaching lawyers, engineers, everybody was learning about leadership and uh, cooperation and communication and all those kinds of things and so mm-hmm. they asked me if I would teach on it and I went teach <laughs> I don't know how to do that wow but I did and it was great fun I had a really good time and uh, that was just the beginning of that yeah so how that that's a really interesting thing like you know when you got asked that question a mm. lot of people would have shied away from that like mm. how did process you went through to actually say yes to that because that's opened up so many different doors and obviously there would have been fear because you've never done that and all of a sudden you're getting asked to to do it yeah well I guess I was in a new place and why not I didn't want to do what I had been doing so I figured let's try something different yeah I'll just try it yeah I love that and I think you know I would love to see more people explore more of those things like instead of saying you know like why not me you know what I mean like Mm. I think that's really powerful and also you know if you want a different result it's about going down and exploring you know different paths and you've you opened yourself up to different things which is which is really cool so you were you were teaching there for a while and sort of what was the sort of the next the next step from there oh the next step was going back to Canada because it was only a three-year posting so we went back to Canada Mm-hmm. Um, and that lasted six months, and we both said, ah, "Get us out of here! Let's go back." And really? I got it. Yes, and I ended up in, in Malaysia, running a training department for a phone company. <laughs> wow! So back to the phone, phone side of things. And how long were you sort of in that space? So you were always very active, and you always did all your training during this whole time as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so how long, what was, were you in the phone um, job for a long time or was there something else? No, that was just a couple of years and then I moved to Hong Kong and was teaching at a university there and then um, a colleague said there was this university in Vietnam back in the 1990s that needed help. So we went there and then we ended up writing a proposal and we got a $7 million grant from Sweden to set up the first business school in Vietnam which we did, and I spent seven years there doing that. Wow. See, 
I love that as well, is that you were asked by a colleague to help with a situation and you go and help and then all of a sudden you've got $7 million in setting up a business school. Like, yep. That's just amazing, isn't it? And so you set up business schools. Yeah, you set up business schools for quite a while. So that was seven years. Mm -hmm. And then when did sort of the fitness side of things start to come on the horizon for you? Um, In Thailand, it was completely by accident, like everything else. (laughs) We moved to to Bangkok because we always came here on holidays. So we decided that we'd just go live there. So uh, my husband got a job. I was working at a university here and we were both members of a fitness club. And that fitness club had a huge HR issue. And so my personal trainer was asking me for help and we ended up supporting all of these trainers. There were about 30 of them who ended up resigning because they were being totally misused by the club. And then they all came to us and said, so can you help us? Can you get us certified? Because we really need to improve our qualifications. And I said, certified what? What is that? I knew nothing about it. (laughs) I knew nothing about fitness certification. So I walked around to Australia because my husband was Australian. We went to Australia, went to the US. We went to talk to a bunch of certification agencies and we found one who was happy to help us and to allow us to translate the exam into Thai because fitness professionals here don't speak English or didn't at the time and uh, that's it so and it was so much fun we just walked together a course that we taught on the weekends because I was still working and so was my husband still working and then he said to me he said you know you had so much fun doing that why don't you just do it and I said, that's a really good idea. So I quit my job at the university and we started FIT, a training center for fitness professionals. Wow. But I wasn't supposed to be teaching. I was just doing the course development because it was all supposed to be in Thai four times. Mm-hmm. But then again, expats started coming in and saying, well, can't you teach this in English? We'd really like to do this in English. And I'm going, me? <laughs> I don't know how to do this. So I had my Thai trainer sitting in the back of the room for the first couple of times that I ran this CPT course. And I said, if I say anything stupid, put your hand up. <laughs> or if I say, oh, that's a great question. I'm sure Kun Thai here will help you with the answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, and that's how it all happened. Wow. So then you just started sort of running certification courses for everyone because yep. everyone's just asking you to do it. And then you start yep. teaching. And then how did these sort of the Asia Fitness Conference come to, uh, I guess, I'm curious, was that someone just wanting a conference or how did Yes. <laughs> it was um, a small group of graduates that came to us and said, can you organize a trip so that we can all go to an idea conference in the US? So we said, sure. We looked it up and costed it out and then everyone went oh my god no that's impossible it's too expensive so then my husband and I sat down and said what what if we bring some of those people over so we wrote to 10 10 presenters who we thought would be spectacular to have there was Peter Twist, Fraser Quelch, Douglas Brooks, uh, Jim Stepani, etc. Fabio Camano so we wrote to them and I just said if we ever organized a small conference in Bangkok, would you come? We said, we'll wait and see what happens. And they all said, yes. And then we went, 
oh crap, now we have to organize a conference. How do you do that? <laughs> wow. So it just again happened because someone said, can you, can you help? Yeah, and it's just grown and grown and grown, you know, since that point as well. It's just it's been so much fun. Yeah, I, are you just very open? Like it's really interesting because like so many people would be going, oh, my God, that's, are you just in the right place at the right time or are you just very open to exploring things? Or is there anything about your your mindset or the way you've grown up that, you know, you're just open to opportunities or you just, like, <sighs> Um, my parents were pretty good. Mm. My parents kind of always said, look, you guys have a roof over your head. You've got an education, you've got a brain. Um, mm. so make sure you share that. Yeah. Share your good fortune with everybody. Oh, that's um, beautiful, isn't it? That's, yeah. that's so wonderful. And I think, I think that's really important is that, you know, so many people get focused on, you know, what they want for them. I mm-hmm. want to set this goal. What, you know, what's in it for me? What am I going to get? Whereas on the flip side, when you're actually thinking about sharing it, coming from that place and sharing it for others, mm-hmm. all of a sudden all these things come to you and, you know, what you've done, you must look back and go, oh, my goodness, I've set up, like, amazing business schools. I've trained all of these trainers that would never have had that opportunity. These conferences is just you know, bring so much joy to so many people. Like, have you taken the time to actually look back at that and go, wow, that's pretty cool? Um, well, I, I think I'm very fortunate and I think my life has been very cool and I'm really yes. happy with all of that. But it's just, um, it's not stuff that I've done. It's stuff that's happened, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's just Are you take just trying things out, and yeah. and then turning it into something fun because I think people need to have fun and they need to enjoy themselves. And they yeah, yeah, I think it's that you've actually you've done a lot. Like, you, I think you've taken like opportunities that people wouldn't have said yes to, and I think it's just so amazing. And I mean, what do you put it down to? Obviously, you started by writing to ten presenters and getting the first conference underway. <laughs> And, I mean, I guess you had no idea how big this conference really would be, but what? why do you feel it's evolved the way it has? Like, what do you put that down to? Is there anything, you know, some special formula or how do you think that's happened? I think it just answers a need. Um, there were no fitness conferences in Asia. It didn't That just didn't happen. And most people didn't have the money to go flying off to other continents to do it. So... Um, it, it, it was that, it was the need. And it wasn't just in Thailand because most of our delegates are not Thai. Most of our delegates come from like 30 countries now. Mm. It's an amazing thing. And um, I think it's the atmosphere. I think the, it, the presenters love it and mm. therefore they give everything to mm. the delegates and the delegates know it and appreciate it. And I think the delegates, because they are so thirsty for learning that they love it and that transmits back to the presenters. So I think it's just a kind of mutual love affair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, w- I would totally agree with that. I feel like there's just, I think gratitude would probably be the word that I would feel 
flows through there so much is like there's so much gratitude from all of the trainers and you know we're so grateful to be over there doing it I feel that there is that real yeah lovely vibe that does go through and it's it's so big on so many levels but it's so personable on other levels as well with we try. yeah I think that that's trying really to do special. that yeah. yeah and I think it's because you're actively you know like you and Tonya and the other girls like you're actively involved and your passion comes through as well you know mm-hmm. I think it's really cool but um why do you think it's so important for Asian trainers like to have this conference because like any profession things change things evolve uh, new trends come out and everyone has to stay aware yeah and learn I mean when we started it 12 years ago Nobody had ever heard of a PRX. No one had ever heard of a broken ball. We had to import fit models. <laughs> it was like a totally different world. Wow. And uh, it's allowed so much to come to Asia. A mm. lot of, a lot of um, equipment, a lot of learning, a lot of techniques mm. have evolved because people also see the opportunity. They come and present or they come and exhibit and they go, Wow, look at this. An open market. Yeah, yeah. And I guess you must see, like, you know, t- from 12 years ago to now, like, you know, walking into a gym over there must be a, I oh, guess, a completely, totally different. completely different experience. Yeah. It is. It is. And the, the growth of studios, of Thai owned local studios, because uh, yeah. it's really, really nice to see. Yeah, that's really great, isn't it? So it's not just the big tra- chains that have benefited. It's actually enabled a whole new wave of people to come through, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, our target market has changed a lot as well. When we first started, it was big fitness chains. And now it's uh, individuals that want to change their life. And wow. Want to get paid to do what they love to do. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And what do you believe, like, is unique about the Asian fitness industry? Um, it's growing. Mm. Still growing a lot. Still growing. Still growing a lot. Um, people are, the, the professionals are eager to learn. And so they're not, they're not full of themselves. They're eager to learn and open to new things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah and is there anything quite different, different. sorry I think, I think in more established uh markets a lot of people become quite blase about it and mm-hmm. just think they don't need to learn anything else they think that uh, they know everything and they're good enough and i don't think that's what happens in asia yeah i think it's lifelong you learn every day. There's lifelong learning. Yeah. And it's 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 great that they're taking that on board. The enthusiasm is definitely there, the hungry, the hungriness yeah. to continue to do that. Mm-hmm. And what do you feel that they need? Like during this time, like is there anything that you feel that the Asian industry needs for support during this time? Or yeah, it's, to get yeah. back to normal. Get back to normal, yeah. Yeah. It's t- it's tough on everyone, I think. And I think this year is tougher than last year because there doesn't seem to be an end in sight. 
you know, mm. the beginning was okay, it'll be a couple of months and then a couple more months and then a couple more months and when is it ever going to end? Yeah. So I think people are becoming more stressed and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is it is a it is a tough situation, yeah. you know, for so many people globally. Like and you just want to see like how can they support? So I guess at the moment a lot are going online and you know, trying to find different avenues, you know, that they can really and just manage. Yeah, with tools. And I think, you know, this is my little bias coming in, but I think with all of those situations, there's always opportunities. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I think it opens up opportunities to educate yourself on different things and support your clients in different areas that you may not have supported and, you know, with different lifestyle things. So that, I think that that's really awesome as well. With, And I think at the end of the day, like, there's so many unknowns in this pandemic and this global thing. All we can do is centre ourselves and take each day as it comes. And I'm sure you're doing that on a daily basis, like with with all the challenges organised. But yeah, but I think it's you know I guess like one of the opportunities is so this year the Asian Fitness Conference. So it's the first weekend in April. Where can people? So it's, is it open just to people in Asia, or can people from anywhere join in? How are you running the online event this year? It's online. Anyone can join. So anyone? <laughs> anyone can join, absolutely. We've got people signing up from, from North America, which we've never had people from North America before, and they're going to be watching it in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's run on Bangkok time zone, which is yeah. three to four hours behind Australia. So it's not too bad, 8.30 to 5. And what's really fun is the way we've had to organize the presenters and the sessions. So we start in North America late at night <laughs> and then we move to Asia and Australia kind of afternoon-ish and then we move on to Europe early morning for them. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think is exciting about um, for a lot of the Australian New Zealand trainers is that at our conferences we don't tend to get as many um, diverse pre presenters from around the world and I feel that that what I noticed about being in Asia is this is really exciting is I was meeting other presenters that I would never have met before from so many different countries across Asia, across Europe, across America. Yep. And I, and that's where I feel is really exciting about this conference for the Aussie and Kiwi trainers listening is that, you know, you're going to get exposed to things that you wouldn't have heard before, like different people that you wouldn't have seen before. And that's what's yep. really exciting yep. about it. So I'd really encourage you in the time zone works you know, works for us. Works you know, well really for Australia. Works really well for Australia. Yeah. So it's yeah. really um I know I spoke to Lawrence the other day and he said something like he's hosting from nine PM to six AM, but it'll be fine. It's just <laughs> yeah, he's hosting from Puerto Rico, where he is at the moment. And then we've got Emma Masters from Australia and we've got yes. Noel Chilaya from Malaysia. So we've got three hosts on three continents. Um with 30 presenters from five continents. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Delegates from all over the place. So it's really fun. It is, I think it's probably the most international fitness conference. Yeah. Like I honestly, getting that many countries of presenters in one place, I don't think happens, you know, because Australia, we're so far away, whereas Asia is just that hub for a lot of people to be able to, to go to a lot of the time. So that there's such a diversity that gets brought. Actually, we're really lucky because when we bring people in from North America, it takes them 24 hours to get there. <laughs> so oh, they're giving yeah. up. They're giving up whole days of travel just yeah. to come and present in Asia. Um, 
but I think a lot of them take the opportunity to extend and travel. And yeah, I was going to say, I think, more. I think there's a Thailand a Thailand holiday perk that's thrown in with um, some of the Bangkok conference, which is, um, yeah. oh, yeah, no, it's so exciting. So I definitely will put all the links to the conference. Um, I'm excited to be presenting and I'll put the links in there for people to um, yeah, listen with the podcast as well, which would be great. But something that I wanted to ask you because you've done so many amazing things from a business point of view and I know a lot of people particularly now like everyone's like pivoting everyone's looking for different ways forward or you know what they want to bring forward in their business like do you have any advice or or tips for people who because you've just achieved so much like I'd love to sort of hear if there's anything that you'd advise people who want to do that say yes yeah yeah say yes if someone if someone asks for help, say yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's the best thing you can do. Yeah, it's say yes with not, it's not like you had any expectation. You just said yes because you said yes and and look what evolves. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And what I ask all my I expected to be doing with my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's so far away from anything I expected to be doing. Yeah, I so I guess. Stay it's... home and have six kids and live in the countryside. <laughs> in Canada <laughs> that was my plan isn't that amazing like yeah and but I think that's another important thing is like when people you know on our path there may not be things that go to the exact plan that we we want it to go to and there's lots of different things that happen but I guess trusting that you know saying yes to different opportunities and looking for what for what can happen because you know like you've done all these amazing wonderful things and I know you know, you may not have six children in the countryside in Canada, but you've got probably <laughs> 60,000, you know, 60, like more children, 60,000 Asian trainers who like really, you know, look at you as sort of such a wonderful leader, which is really cool as well. But what I um, ask all my guests also is like, obviously this is a will to live podcast, like, and you're someone I feel who really has the will to live their most fulfilling life. You know, you take on, you say yes to these opportunities and you explore different things. Mm-hmm. So what would be your advice for the will to live your most fulfilling life? I'm not actually very good at giving advice. Okay. <laughs> I'm better at asking questions. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Mm. Is, um, is, it, is there anything that helps you, gives you your will to live, you know, this fulfilling life that you live? Like for you, is there anything that helps you um, do that? A word that you use a lot, gratitude. Mm-hmm. Gratitude. I feel very fortunate. Um, again, nothing planned in where, where I've ended up, but I feel very fortunate um, for the people that I work with, uh, people that I've, things that I've, managed to do and it's not because me I it's not me myself and I it's a team of people working together to make things happen yeah so I think that's really important is to work to be able to work with people yeah mm. yeah but you're so you're amazing I think Suzanne like doesn't make out how amazing she is but um <laughs> always says it's everyone else but it is um you bring that to people and I think it's um, really, really special. And, yeah, no, thank you so much for your time. Um, I'm, really thank you. I'm really excited to share this. And so please jump on board. And I just think there's some great messages there from Suzanne today about, you know, look to help people with no expectations, say yes, 
and look what opportunity, even though it may not be the path that you think in your head, sometimes there's the most wonderful things that you don't even know existed and that are available for you if you just be open to exploring those from a good place from the heart, helping people and and saying yes. So thank you so much for your time and I'm looking forward to You're seeing you at the conference it's just over a month. Yes. yes, it is just over a month. It's very soon. We're practicing again this afternoon. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be, it's just going to be such a cool thing. So please look at the link, like people from all around the world. It's such an amazing, um, amazing, amazing time. So thank oh, you so welcome. much, Suzanne. You're very welcome. Thanks very much, Angela. I'm Angela Lee, and you've been listening to Will to Live, the podcast. You can join us on Facebook in our Will to Live online community, that's L-I-V, Facebook group, or follow Angela Lee on social media and at www.angelalee.com.au. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast and would like to pay forward the gifts of living, please share with your friends, and if you haven't already, please rate and review the podcast. Thanks so much.